With that said, I want to start something this year, and I feel like this message is so important for all of us. You realize that humanity is the only animal in the kingdom that can communicate with words, right? And that's how God speaks, isn't it? That's how He speaks to us, and He's given us the ability to speak to Him in similar fashion. And I want you to understand today, as, as I get into this a little bit more, just how important the words that come out of our mouth are. So today I'm starting a new series. Can I, I don't know why I'm not seeing it back there, but can you get that up there? That would be awesome. Then I don't have to turn around. And by the way, while he's doing that, could I just say thank you, Aaron uh, Comfer, for speaking last Sunday. How many were here? Wasn't that a fitting message for the first Sunday? And, you know, my, my wife and I, we don't normally do this, but we watched it from home on live stream like some of you do, some are doing right now. And, uh, man, it just challenged me. I thought it was a really good message, very appropriate. Uh, for the first of the year. And again, thank you for uh, bringing the word last week. I don't know why my voice is doing this today, but it just started. So again, I want to look at what we do with our mouth and, and the importance of that. Do you realize that when we speak, it needs to be in alignment with what God has said? How many have a Bible? Maybe your phone, paper version, yeah, there we go. Somebody's actually got one. You know, when, I, when we went into the hospital last night, I don't normally carry my Bible. Usually I, I use my phone. But last night I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to grab my Bible. And that thing got me through some doors, literally. The nurse saw me coming, and she saw the Bible, and she goes, you're the second one I've seen tonight. And I said, what do you mean? And she goes, you're carrying a Bible? Aren't you a pastor? And I went, Okay, yeah. <laughs> let, then let me in. I would have had to have rang the bell. The Word of God has authority. Yes. And we need to, to, to get this in our spirit that when we align ourselves with what God has said about us, we're in the right place. That's where the power is. That's where the rubber meets the road. And that's what we're going to be talking about this week and next week and perhaps another week following. So as the Lord leads. I want to start right now with just a short word of prayer. Father, again, what comes out of our mouths is so important. Lord, help us today just to understand what we do with this tongue can make or break us. What we do with our mouth, Lord, can build up or it can tear down. It's our choice. Every day we make a decision on what it's going to do. And Lord, I pray today that you would let this message, whether they're here or listening online, Lord, let this message sink in deep. And I pray we would take this with us, not just this Sunday, but every day of the year, Lord. Help us to understand what it is you're saying to us. Holy Spirit, help us to apply this message to each of our individual lives. We all pray this in Jesus' name, and if you agree, would you say, Amen. Amen. Did you know that the words that come out of your mouth can either bring life 
or death. Proverbs 18.21, my starting scripture text. Read it with me. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. <laughs> now, it's kind of a twofold thing, right? Maybe you're a yacker. I don't think that the Proverbs is saying that that's a bad thing if you talk. Because some of you, you really like to talk. And, and others, and I'm not going to say it's usually men, because I've met some of you ladies in here lately that you're not real talkers. You're quiet. And there's nothing wrong with a quiet person. But I, what I really want you to get is that first sentence. The tongue can bring death or life. That's important for us to understand. As Christians, this should matter to us. Each of us really needs to go to the Lord and ask, does my tongue give life or death to others? And by the way, this also includes yourself. The things that you speak over you. So ask this question. This is your litmus test. When you leave people after having a conversation with you, with you do they leave better or worse? Do they leave feeling more alive or is the death knell there after you walk away? You get what I'm saying? Is that an honest and fair question to ask? When people meet with you, put a different way, do they feel built up or torn down? If it's the latter, listen closely to this message because it will help you. Now, I think we would all agree that your mouth is fed by what? As we experienced with Lance. His brain hadn't engaged with his mouth yet. But once it did, and I wanted to ask you this, did he hear us? He knew what we were saying even before he came out of the coma. And I've experienced this before where we prayed for a man for two and a half months. He was in a coma for two and a half months and didn't say a word. And the doctors had given up on him. And this will probably be a really good illustration next week, but I don't know why I'm sharing it this week. <laughs> anyway, when he came out of the coma after two and a half months, this is what he said to Barb and me. He said, I heard every word the doctors and nurses said. They spoke death over me. And when you two came in, I heard you. And you spoke life. And I hung on to that. How cool is that? The words that came out of our mouth either build up or tear down. Those doctors didn't realize it. They were killing this man with their words. Saying things like, he's not going to make it. I don't think he's coming out of this. And then we came in. Rise up in the name of Jesus. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. And, and it, the miracle took place. If we would all agree, and I think you will, 
your mouth is fed by your brain. If you're thinking angry thoughts, you're most likely going to say angry things. If you're thinking loving thoughts, most likely you're going to speak loving things. Logically then, what we allow into our brains, what we allow to feed our brains, eventually affects our mouth and vice versa. Put simply, what goes in is what comes out. Does that make sense to everybody? What you put in here is what comes out here. And I like to see the brain as, as the conduit to the heart, the soul. What you feed your brain is also what feeds your heart. And we need to, to understand this, this concept. How can the godly man or woman control the words that come out of their mouth? And that's my focus this week. And here's my solution. Focus on what goes into your heart. Focus what goes into your heart. Jesus points this out in Luke 6, and I'm going to read uh, verses 43 to 45. He said, a good tree can't produce bad fruit. A bad tree can't produce good fruit, right? That, that's just common sense. You're not going to go to an apple tree and find an orange, right? And if, if it's a bad tree, it isn't going to produce good fruit. He goes on, a tree is identified by its fruit. Figs never grow on thorn bushes. Grapes, not on bran bramble bushes. And this, this is the part where I want you to get it. A good person produces good things from what? The treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. Huh. And that's my highlight in red. What you say flows from what is in your heart. Does this make sense to you? If we grasp this concept that Jesus was sharing with the people, it will change our hearts and our lives. It will change the way that people perceive the church in general. Because we're not going to spew hatred and anger, dissension, but rather what's going to come out of our mouths is going to be edifying, it's going to build up, it's going to be loving. It's going to represent the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of man. What you put in will, it, will determine the fruit that you get out. Your words are evidence of what is in your heart. So stop and think about how you've lived in the last month, two months, five months, year. Your words are evidence of what's in your heart. What kind of words have been coming out of you? Again, and I, I'm hammering this point because I really, really, really want everybody to get this. If you're speaking death, then death is in your heart. If you're speaking life, then life is in your heart. Look at your neighbor and say, do you have life or death in your heart? Now let me ask you this, how many, how many want to speak life to people and not death? Can you raise your hand if you, if you mean it? Hallelujah, most of us, most of us, the lazy ones didn't, they couldn't quite get it up there. It was, 
This generation finds themselves in a, a little different dilemma than any previous generation has. I hope you realize that Hollywood is anti-God. Right? I mean, there have been a few shows that have come out, movies uh, like The Chosen. Oh, I love that show. But most, I think you'll agree with me that they have an agenda and it's anti-God. The TV shows, the movies, the games that they produce, they're sinful, full of hatred. They have people cursing each other out. I mean, have you, do you ever watch a movie where somebody's not cursing somebody out? Unless it's rated G. And there's so much more that they peddle. It's no wonder that our society is filled with so much hatred today. We have to fight back as a church. Can I get an amen? amen? We have to bring the light into the darkness and not embrace that darkness. We must use good judgment when we are entertained by, and I use that word entertained, by Hollywood. Use good judgment. Meaning, control what you put in. Say that with me. Control what I put in. Most of what is produced is evil, it's wicked, and it's not good for godly human consumption. Yet we're inclined to hit the remote and not give a second thought about what we put up on our 65-inch, some of you 80-inch TVs. And by the way, this is one big reason why we as parents need to be involved with our children, to be in tune to what their, what their children are watching, listening to. I mean, when you listen to some of the modern, I, can't, I, I almost said artist, people who produce songs and, and you realize the amount of cursing and hatred and just general ungodliness. That's what some of our kids listen to. And when they hear that over and over and over, what do you think it makes them do? Is it any wonder that today we see our kids acting out in hateful ways? Man. And it goes along with what I've been, I'm, I'm trying to say here. That is, what we put in is what we're going to get out. You put good in, good's going to come out. You put garbage in, that's what's coming. I think I'm speaking the truth. The Apostle James, he went into a lengthy discussion about the power of the tongue. I'm not going to read the whole thing. It begins in uh, chapter 3 of James, beginning with verse 1. You can go back and you can read verses 1 through 6. I'm going to start with 7. But here he's talking about how it's not easily... The tongue is not easily tamed. Anybody have a, an animal? A real animal, not a, a living animal. A horse, a mule, donkey, anything. A donkey, you know? And, and honestly, uh, they're awesome creatures. I, I love horses, I, even donkeys. And those little teeny ones are so cute. With work, you can get them pretty much tamed, right? 
but not with the tongue. The tongue is its own animal. Listen to what James says. I'm going to start again with verse 7. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. Who, who's made in the image of God? People, right? That's what he's saying. Sometimes we curse people with that same tongue that we just used praising the Lord on Sunday morning. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Listen to this. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Right? Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No. And you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. What is James saying? You determine what's going to come out of your mouth. And it can't be both. It can't praise Jesus in one minute and the other curse out your neighbor. Common sense. This isn't the deepest message, but it is an important one. Understand what James was not saying. He wasn't saying, Christian, that you can never tame your tongue. Because if that were true, it wouldn't even be in here. He was just trying to make the point that it's really difficult to control this animal that's connected between the brain and the tongue and the vocal cords. If you're cursing people, then your heart is polluted. If you're speaking edifying words, words that lift people up, you're speaking life into others. And as, as a, a person of the hope, as a Christian, as a born-again believer, it's, it's my prayer that we will be the latter. We won't find our tongues polluted, but instead we'll find that the words that come out of our mouth Build people up and give life, not death. Amen. Let me ask you this. Which of these two shows who's serving the Lord? Hopefully the latter, right? So if you're a servant of God, you need to be so careful on what comes out of this little trap that we call a mouth. I love the Apostle Paul's advice. This was to the church of Philippi. And it is fitting for this discussion. He said this, he, and it's part of the end of his, his prayer, but he said, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, would you read this with me? Start, start with the beginning. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, Whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. That's a great list, isn't it? 
This is a great technique, if I could put it that way, to build up your brain in the positive. And if we practice what the Apostle Paul told the early church to do, then we will feed our brains good things so that when we finally end up speaking, what's going to come out is good, not bad. I want everyone to build people up, not tear them down. And I, I often think, before I go any further, of the families where someone has a mouth that is out of control. And I found that usually those are the families that suffer the most. They feel the most pain. And that old saying, sticks and stones might break my bones, but words will never hurt me. You know that's false. If you've ever been called something derogatory, you know that isn't true. Whoever said that was off the, the rocker. Words do hurt. And I want us to be different. I want this church to be different. Whether you're young or old, understand that what you put in is what you're going to get out. Your eye is the gateway to your heart. Your ears do the same thing. Be careful what you put in. And this is another reason why it's so important that we get into the Word of God, that we get the Word of God into our heart. God's Word balances out your life so that you're surrounded by edifying words. Words that lift you up, lift your spirit up. Words that will challenge you to be a better person in Christ. God's Word balances your life so that when you're surrounded by those people who only seem to know four-letter expletives, Anybody? You been there? When you've been in the Word and that Word is saturated in your spirit, it's so much easier. I didn't say it was still not... Uh, I still don't like being around that, but like when I'm hanging around with some people, maybe some state troopers, not mentioning names, but you know, some of those guys don't have a filter. And... Because of my position as a chaplain, what I try not to do is go, <gasps> even though a lot of times one of them will go, hey, chaplain's here, man, be careful. Which I appreciate, but I don't want them to think that I'm some mamby-pamby that can't take it. But the reason that I'm strong is because I've been in God's Word. I'm not in there loosely. I'm prayed up. All right? So when I get around that kind of conversation, it doesn't affect me like it might some. We need to be the salt and the light to those who live like this. But I just want to add, if this is your only diet, eventually it will have an effect on you. And it's really hard not to pick up that bad habit. So, with that said, I want to say this. Every 
Born-again believer needs a regular diet of God's Word. Read your Bibles daily. Say it with me. Daily. Don't go to bed without putting the Word in you. It's, it's not hard today. You can get a devotional on your phone. It'll come right into your email, whatever, or text. Just get something feeding your spirit, man. And then pick a chapter. I mean, how long does it take to read a chapter? Not very long. Just get into a habit of putting the Word in you. And when you do this, by reading your Bibles, you will literally feed your heart. Now, I have watched some Christians that they try to control this under their own power. If you don't change your lifestyle, you're not going to have control of your tongue. I watch Christians do this. And I say Christians loosely, people who claim to be born again, but yet you still hear things come out of their mouth that should not come out of a Christian's mouth. And I'm not picking on anybody, I'm just saying this. If you're really letting your light shine, what is that going to do? That's an indictment. Nobody on the side of darkness is going to say, man, been around that norm, isn't he cool? He cusses every time he talks about Jesus. You get where I'm going with this? I've never heard anybody say that. But I have heard this. You know, whenever we're having our conversations, I recognize that you don't say certain things. What's different about you? I have heard that. It makes a difference, Christian, God's people, what comes out of this mouth. And it's not, understand me, and I'm going to get into this, it's not just curse words. It's what we say to our partner. It's what we say to our, our co-worker. Amen. Mm. The Holy Spirit does try to help us with this, if you're born again. But you have to have a lifestyle change, and that means... You control or you monitor what you put in first. Matthew 15, Jesus said, as he called the crowd to hear him, he said, listen, try to understand. It's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. <laughs> you are defiled by the words that come out of your mouth. The word defile means to be polluted, to be foul, to be unclean. And in the Old Testament, if the priest or the people were unclean, they had to go through this long, rigorous ceremony to get clean again before they can come to God and give their offering or before the priest can serve the Lord in the Holy of Holies. A whole long thing they have to do. Now thankfully, we... If we're born again, we have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. He has sanctified us. 
And we no longer have to go through those rigorous ceremonies. However, as a born-again believer who is blood-bought, born-again, filled with God's Holy Spirit, there is a responsibility to live holy and pure lives. When you sign on and say, Jesus, I want to follow you all the days of my life, it means something needs to change inside. And you begin to control what you allow into that gateway through the eyes, the ears. What you feed your brain that eventually touches your heart, your spirit. Hallelujah. Fast forward to today. Like the people in the Old Testament, you and I have been called to be separated for the Lord. He has a plan for us. A plan to prosper us and not to harm us. A plan to give us a future and a hope. But we have to do our part. If our words are defiled, polluted, unclean, they dishonor God. They dishonor the people that were created in His image. So let me ask you this. How many think it's okay if we have defiled lips to come into a place like this on a Sunday morning and just, oh, I love you, Lord. And I just got done railing on my wife on the way into church. <laughs> Hey, I know human nature. And I know, and, and if this is you today and you did this on the way in, I apologize for you. Because I know you're in the seat squirming. But this should not be. That's right. Preach it. Let's go a step further. When do your words become defiled? Obviously, when we, you bleepity bleep 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 bleep, don't fill in the blanks. What about when you speak words of discouragement or death? You'll never amount to anything. Anybody hear that growing up? Any of you ladies online hear that? You'll never amount to anything. That's a death knell. If you hear that over and over and over and over, and I've heard parents say that to their kids. I've known friends whose parents said that to them in my presence. How about this? You're so ugly. What does that do? Oh, yeah, wonderful thing to say to somebody. Way to build up their uh, self-confidence, yeah. Or as I've mentioned, what about when you lash out at someone in anger? I wish you were never born. There's a good one. And, and listen, parents, I understand you get frustrated with your kids and, and they, they've just been naughty all day. And you just don't know what to do, whether you're going to turn to the left. And, and I've, I've said this before. Barbara and I were in the living room one night and Andy came to us. He was only three or four and he goes, 
Mom, Dad, can I have my spanking now? Because I want to go do this and I want to enjoy it. <laughs> we just wanted to give up. As parents, it's like, we've lost them. What, what do you say to a kid when he says that? I wish you were dead. I hate you. These are words that should never come out of a, a Christian's mouth. You've crossed the line. If they do, and when you say something like this, you need to repent to Jesus and repent to whoever you said it to. Apologize and say, I, I didn't mean it. Come on. Because you're killing people. There's a story told of a little boy who had anger issues. <laughs> and as a result, his tongue often got away from him. Usually the two go hand in hand. His dad wanted to teach the boy a lesson, so he told him, he said, son... For the next month, every time you curse out of anger, regardless of what's said, I want you to go out in the backyard, go to that wooden fence and pound a nail in it. One of them great big 16-penny nails, you know? The kind you can really feel, a man's nail. Not one of them little, little teeny mamby-pamby nails that you, the women put in the wall to hold up a 20-pound picture. Don't do that. Some of you I know, and probably myself, I'm speaking from experience. Barb's not here, so I'm safe. <clears throat> Don't tell her. And he said, I want. After a month of doing this, the boy's father told his son, he said, I want you to go out and I want you to remove every one of those nails that you pounded into that fence. What do you think the boy saw? Holes. Holes. Lots of holes. Then the dad said this. He said, the holes in this fence represent the scars left behind from your hateful words. Words that you can never take back. I want you to realize that your negative words always leave a mark in people. Proverbs 18.21, read this with me. Words kill. Words give life. They're either poison or fruit you choose. This is the message. Words kill. Words give life. They're either poison or fruit you choose. Before I wrap up this morning, your words, whether positive or negative, not only affect others, but they can also affect you. Ask yourself, what kind of words do you speak over yourself? This is a confession. Recently, <laughs> I found myself and I did something dumb, and it wasn't the day I fell in the porch. It was another time, 
because when I hit the porch, I was kind of knocked out silly, but I found myself saying things like, Norman, you're an idiot. And I don't know what I should have been more concerned with, the fact that I was talking to myself or that I was cursing myself. We need to speak life over ourselves. I'm going to get into this a lot more next week. In the meantime, if you're inclined to curse yourself like I did, instead where you've figured out what, that what goes in is what's going to come out, the very least you can do is just shh. Right? Every go, shh. Come on. You can tell yourself that. I'm not telling you that. I'm telling you to do that to yourself. I hate it when people shh, shush me. But it's all right to shush myself. Don't say anything. When you speak, you feed your brain. Your brain listens. And in turn, that feeds your heart. So if you're telling yourself you're an idiot, eventually your brain's going to believe it. It's hard to get a lot accomplished if you think you're an idiot. Hello? So instead, build yourself up. And I'm not saying, oh man, hey gorgeous, when you're looking in the mirror. I don't mean that. Although, if it works for you, do it. But what I am saying is, you know what? Say the things God says. And again, this is what I want to get into next week. Make the declarations. We'll talk about that. But right now, I just want you to get to the place where at least you can say, you know what, Norm, just shut up. I know. I know it's hard. We don't like that word. I've, I've had little kids go, we don't say that word in the house. And I'm kind of taken back, like, really? Shut up is a bad word? That's all I heard growing up from my parents is, shut up! You should be seen and not heard. Some of you can relate. If you're struggling with this, do what the psalmist did. Ask the Lord. Take control of what I say, O Lord, and guard guard my lips. You know, the Holy Spirit wants to help us. And He does. But it requires us to make tough decisions and to moderate what goes in and out. To change our lifestyle. Not to sit down and and watch things that are unholy, ungodly, effing this and yada yada. Because if that's all you take in, you're poisoning your heart. You're bringing death, not life. And that's where I go back to what I said, that the Bible is our standard. People that preach God's Word, you can listen to that. That will build you up. That will go in deep and protect you. As I begin to close, 
I wanted to rehearse again what Paul's words were to the Philippian church. And this is, again, out of the message. Summing it all up, friends, I say you'll do best. Say do best. You'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things that are true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, the things to praise, not things to curse. Put into practice what you learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. Do that. And God, and God, who makes everything work together, will work you into his most excellent harmonies. How beautiful is that? What a picture. What a picture. Again, that's the message Bible. The Apostle Paul's advice is very sound, if you'd stand with me. Pure thoughts, holy thoughts. This is what you want to put into your heart, not evil, wicked things. Be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Because what goes in feeds your heart eventually. The tongue is a powerful device. Can you say amen? But it can be controlled with the help of the Holy Spirit. And if you struggle with this, I'm saying to you, you you need to go to the Lord and say, help me. I repent. If I've hurt somebody, you need to go to that person. You can't take away the scar, the hurt that you've done. But by, and don't say I'm sorry. That's on your side. I'm sorry. No. What you need to do is you go to that person and you say, will you forgive me? I apologize. Will you forgive me? That puts it in their court. That gives them permission to either forgive or not. Sometimes there's healing to a relationship. Sometimes there's healing to you. And I'm not suggesting you go back to people you were in eighth grade with unless God puts that on your heart. But what I am saying is make a change today. This is the beginning of a new year. And God's people must, must raise their standard. We can't be like the world anymore. If we look just like them, what are they going to gather? What are they going to gain by coming to church? By being with you and me? Nothing. I want to tell you what they do is sometimes is a whole lot more fun in the sense of fun. But what we do has everlasting purpose. And I, I believe that when we get to heaven, I don't know if there's going to be monster trucks that we get to drive and fun stuff like that, giant cigarette boats. I don't know why they call it a cigarette boat, but it's not a cigarette. I guess it's long, but... Can you imagine we're in heaven, Dave, I'm up there racing you on that 
I was going to say a Harley, but a holy, a holy. We just call it a holy. Heaven is going to be an amazing place. And we all want to get there. And we want the world to come with us. And they need to see us different. Or we're never, ever going to whet their appetite. They're never going to say, man, I wish I was like you. Because they already are. Does this make sense? Study God's word. Let his word sink into your heart and feed you. They will give you life where you in turn will be able to give life to others. And I believe that's God's plan for his church. He's challenging each of us to get so full of him that when we're in the world, when we're around those people who live like I just described, we're going to be there in the right place at the right time and we're going to be able to guide them. They're going to see the difference in us and they're going to go, man, what's different about you? You're not like everybody else. The world's hungry. They're hopeless and they need hope. And we have it in Jesus. So let's give them hope with a mouth that's been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb and the power of the Holy Spirit. Can I get a good amen? So as I begin to pray... I just want you to think about this. Ask yourself, do you struggle with controlling your tongue? When you speak, do you speak negative words or hurtful things? If that's you, you need to begin to put good in your heart, good things, so that they, eventually those good things will come out. You need to begin to lo- use your tongue to breathe life into people your family, yourself, your co workers. You want to freak people out? Change, as I'm describing here. Let your life become a holy. A holy ground where people, hey, wait a minute, last week, man, you were telling me what for, and now you're being nice to me. What's up? Well, I've been learning about the tongue, and I have a, I have a choice. <laughs> I can choose death or life, and I'm choosing life. And I want you to have life. I want me to have life. It's a powerful word. If only we get it in our spirit today that means that we watch what we watch on television in our video games uh oh stepping on toes man some of those games they're rot gut they they should be burned you cannot go out and kill people for hours on end and not have it affect you and some of those games are so real And now they've added the language and the nudity, and it's like, my goodness. Please, moderate what you put in. Finally, use your tongue to bring glory to God. 
not to bring him shame. Heads bowed. If this is you, and, and I'm just not going to take long with this. If you'd say, Pastor, <laughs> yeah, I've messed up. And, and I recognize today that I really need to do some work on this. If that's you in the audience, would you just lift a hand up real quick? I, I don't care how, why, what. Wow, I thought more would go up. I really hope you're being honest because I, I think God's going to do something here for those who are honest. You know what? I'm raising my own hand because I've been speaking negative things over myself. My goodness. Lord, help me with that. You can put your hands down. This is what I want you to do, and, and I've got it up behind me, but if your tongue, if you feel like it's been defiled and you haven't been living like God wants you to live, I want you to find a place and repent. Do this in your prayer closet. You could do it up here too. I don't want to limit you, but wherever you find yourself, and just, just tell him, Lord, I've, I've been not doing this well. I've been bad, and I know I need a lifestyle change. Help me with this. Help me to be different. Help me to look like you. Help me to read my Bible and, and understand the things that I need to do to be like Jesus, to be a follower of Christ. And then give the Holy Spirit permission. Because <laughs> sometimes this is what it takes to say, Holy Spirit, I give you control of my tongue, of my mind, of my heart. Lord, do what only you can do. Thank you, Jesus. Hmm. I think there's somebody here that has struggled with profanity for a long time. Maybe it's online. And the Lord would just, just have you understand that He could deliver you from this lifestyle just like that. When you come to him and you repent of your sins, and you say, Jesus, take hold of me. God can change you instantly. And you may have heard my testimony, but when I was 23, I was one of these folks. Every other word that came out of my mouth was an expletive. And the Holy Spirit, through a friend of mine who prayed with me, prayed that I become born again, it changed my life. And I didn't even know it. Instantly. Now, this may not be for everybody, but for me it was. And that's why I'm saying you may struggle with this. God can deliver you instantly as he did for me. Two weeks went by after I was born again and I had a friend of mine talking to me and, and we went on for probably 10, 15 minutes and he looks, he goes, Norm, 
Something's different about you, but I can't put my finger on it. A few minutes went by, and finally, it's like the light bulb effect, you know. Ding! He goes, I know what it is. This whole time we've been talking, you haven't said one curse word. And then I found out he was a believer, and he never told me. Not an indictment against this guy, but I wished he'd told me. Might have helped get me there a little quicker. So if this is you, the power of the Holy Spirit is more than able, the blood of Jesus is more than able to deliver you, to cleanse you of your unrighteousness. So let's pray this prayer. Heavenly Father, I need you. I want to serve you. I want to do my best for you, but I can't do it on my own. So today, I confess my sin, known and unknown. Cleanse me of my unrighteousness. Make me a new person. And Holy Spirit, I give you permission. Get a hold of my tongue. Help me, Lord. So when I speak, I speak words of life, not death. I lift people up. I don't tear them down. This is my prayer. This is what I want for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Give God the glory. Hallelujah. Woo. Simple message, but profound. If we adapt this to our lives, this church will change, as will the world. So let's do this, okay? And next week, you don't want to miss it. I'm talking about the mouth, but I'm talking about the things we say and how they'll make you or break you. Have a great week in Jesus. Love you. Thanks to everybody that came out for prayer last week. We had an amazing week uh, each night, and God bless you.